Hello everyone! Just a little disclaimer before we start. This is our first episode, so some parts of the audio are messed. Like messed, but you can just ignore. Um, it will get better, hopefully. <laughs> we live and we learn. <laughs> Anyways, second disclaimer. Um, if you hear weird noise in the background throughout the entire thing, that is Louie, my French bulldog. He's literally snoring right now, you can hear him. Um, but yeah, just ignore that. <laughs> we can move on. Anyways, let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Oh my God, that was so ugly. <laughs> no, just keep going. Keep going. Okay, welcome to It's Time to Chat. Woo! First episode. Woo-hoo! Let's get this going. Um, my name is Gabby. I'm Carson. And this is our podcast. This is our podcast. <laughs> Time to chat with Carson and Gabby. Yeah. Gabby and Carson. Super excited. Feeling nervy. Feeling very, camera shy. Very. There's, there's no camera, but literally <laughs> heart is racing. <laughs> um, anyways. So, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> we're this is a great time I feel like that'll be it that's oh, also never mind we're not gonna do this anymore <laughs> anyways this is our first episode uh for our podcast time to chat that you're listening to right now so exciting um so this Person, podcast you know what this podcast is gonna be about oh my gosh yes so. mind reader gabby's a mind reader <laughs> so this podcast is going to be about basically our interpretations and our kind of like journeys through life as being Christians and young Christian girls. Um, I'm 20, Gabby's 21. So we're young. We're in society. We're like understanding of all of those things and aspects. (laughs) And we've both been Christians our whole entire lives. We're relatable, okay? (laughs) We're incredibly relatable. And we're also really, really passionate about – how people walk through life with Christianity and mm-hmm. with their faith and how that affects them in their day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. And we've also seen so much just like difference of Christians today versus how Jesus calls us to be Christians in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is not going to be like a holier than thou. We're better than you. Look at us yeah. like walking and talking the Bible because like we literally, <laughs> we're, not alone. <laughs> we're not at all. We're just too, I guess, like, friends that are just Mm -hmm. really passionate about talking about stuff like this, talking about, um, I don't know, things we're passionate about, the world, talking about um, how God's love, like, is so intense and so tangible, Mm -hmm. but people just kind of disregard it, and Mm -hmm. they put Christianity and God in the backseat, and then if anyone ever brings it up or asks, they always just kind of, like, nod to it, but it's not Mm -hmm. really a part of their lives. Mm -hmm. So and, yeah, yeah. That's why we wanted to start this. Hello, you speak. <laughs> that's you why we wanted to start <laughs> this podcast um, because whenever we get together, we always have these really long, deep conversations. Not even like deep in a like philosophical, like, annoying, way. yeah, yeah. <laughs> annoying, like hanging <laughs> deep way. Like yeah. uh, just conversations about life. And a couple weeks ago, we were just having a conversation and I was like you know what I feel like this is something that 
we should like share with more people if anyone's even listening. <laughs> Hello, we have one listener yeah. and it's my dad. Hi, dad. <laughs> Hi Scott, what's up? <laughs> How are you today? Um no, but I was listening to Carson talk about how just how passionate she is about like um, women in the ministry and just like how she's going to be a youth pastor um, when she's an adult and just how excited she is to like spread God's word and like have those open conversations with young people. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't we just start it now? Like why wait until we're adults? So here we are just having conversations. That's what yeah. it is. And what better time to start than quarantine when literally you have nothing else to <laughs> exactly. do? Why not start a podcast? So <laughs> exactly. when I first heard Gabby saying that, I was like, you know what? Like, that sounds like a blast. That sounds like a lot of fun. And it also sounds like a really great way to like, keep us like learning about our own faith mm-hmm. while we're doing it. And not only just like to talk about it to other people, but like, to have more of these conversations with each other and with others. And to stir on more questions and mm-hmm. to stir on more curiosity about our faith. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Gabby, that kind of ties into what we're talking about today. If you want to yeah. pop that over and in. Well, Carson, I think we should start, start off with a little prayer. A little what's up to Jesus. Yeah, what's up, God? Would you like God? to pop in a prayer? Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Sorry if we just blew out your <laughs> earphones. Um, we're just real excited about this. Pop, pop, pop in that prayer. Pop, 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 pop. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if you are driving, don't bow your head or close your eyes. Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> please. And if you're just hanging out, sitting down, um, feel free to close your eyes. Well, thanks. Yeah, I will. <laughs> okay. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity for Gabby and I to simply talk about you and talk about the, I don't know, amazingness that is you and the depth into which you love us, depth into which you care for us, and also the different things that you've given us as gifts and that so many people have said is just not for you, but you've gifted it to us literally and you say it very explicitly in the Bible and you say it very explicitly in each of our lives. I pray that this podcast is exactly how you want it to be. I pray that me and Gabby both are able to grow in our faith and anyone that listens uh, to this is able to grow in their faith as well or simply grow in their curiosity of you if they don't explicitly have faith. Uh, May you bless the listeners of this podcast. May you turn their eyes to you and may you bless this podcast in its entirety. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that beautiful prayer, Carson. Yeah, of course. We have an outline so we don't just ramble, even though we still ramble, but it's okay. I created this outline as, like, a possibility of us following it, but then we literally (laughs) talked about everything before we prayed. Like, literally could stop this now, and it would be the full episode that we were thinking about. Yep. (laughs) Okay, first, Carson, keep us from my iced tea. Yes. Thank you. Here you go. Here's your iced tea. Thank you. Yeah. Insert slurping noise. I'll make it for you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh my god. To start off, we kind of just wanted to talk about our backgrounds a little bit and why. So we both went to private school, so we kind of just want to talk about why that made us have more questions and possibly more doubts. Um, <laughs> um, I felt that a lot of times in Bible class when me or someone else would ask a question to the teacher they would just 
give a very like short and like cut and dry answer. Um, and that's just, I don't know. It just like rubbed me the wrong way. And it, I feel like it never opened up conversation for, am I even making sense right no, now? You are, you are, you are. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> it never just opened up like conversation for us to talk about real life things. And there were so many topics in Bible class that were just not spoken about and like too taboo. And I think that's an issue with um, the church in general is there's so many topics that just aren't spoken about literally at all. And it's just like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but <laughs> yeah, like, it totally can but, yeah. like, rub someone the wrong way. It always rub me the wrong way, especially because mm-hmm. like, it's like, what do you, when you're avoiding all of these questions, when you're telling people not to ask questions and not to mm-hmm. doubt and stuff, like, is there something you're hiding? Is mm-hmm. there like some sort of like a contradiction you're hiding? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember it was like the first day of like one of the Bible classes that we were in. I can't remember if it was like freshman year or junior year, mm-hmm. but, um, our Bible teacher was like, did you know the Bible is the only book without a single contradiction or loose end in it? And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, I just so not sure. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, okay, on one hand, like, awesome, yay, Christianity is the best. And then on another hand, I was like, there's literally no way that that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went to college and started studying my ministry degree. I went to two years of uh, college. I'm currently taking a gap year, which honestly timed perfectly with COVID. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Um, but while I was there, one of my professors was just like, oh yeah, there's like zero possibility that the Bible is perfect and that it has zero contradictions. Like here's hundreds of them that people mm-hmm. have found over the years. And I remember my professor being like, if you don't address the contradictions, then it shows that you're just trying to hide it and trying to not talk about it because you know it's a reason as to why people should say that the Bible's not real. And if you don't address it and if you don't talk about people's questions and doubts, then all they'll do is feel completely and totally, like, um, isolated. Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't want them to be talking. And he was like, you know what places do that? And what places do tell people to shut up, sit down, listen, and learn? (laughs) Colts do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they tell you don't question authority Mm -hmm. or else you're going to be excommunicated. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? I'm pretty sure even though Christianity in a sense started out as a cult... Not in the bad way. Like, because really starting off this podcast super uncontroversial. (laughs) We're really good at this. Christianity is a cult. (laughs) Kidding. I'm going to talk about, uh, a lot of people refer to this disciple as Doubting Thomas. (laughs) Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas, which is, I referred to him to like that for a very, very long time because I was always taught to, uh, have this horrific view of Christianity, or not of Christianity. I've been a Christian for forever. Um, horrific view of doubts and doubters. Um, and then I had a really long conversation last year with my friend Rory at school about, Thomas and about the very specific reason as to why this story is in the Bible. Um, And then I ended up actually writing a sermon for a class that I took last year about this. And I remember all of my classmates really enjoying it and really kind of agreeing with me and finding understanding with it. Uh, So it's in Mark 9, chapters 17 through 29. 
Um, oh, wait. That's not it. <laughs> I was like, that's a different story we're going to be talking about. Yeah, this one's a John, actually. <laughs> Um, so it's John 20, 24 through 29, Jesus appears to Thomas. So it starts out as the disciples kind of go up to Thomas and they're like, we saw Christ. Like, he's back. And Thomas is like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> and Thomas is basically just like, I'm not going to believe you until mm-hmm. I can put my hands through his, um, nail holes in his hands. And I, until I can put my hands in his side where they put the spear in. And... At first, when I was first thinking about this, I was like, how dare he not believe them that Christ is risen? <laughs> Christ said that he would. Yeah. And then I thought about it, and I was like, literally, like, the disciples just lost, like, their best friend. Like, their favorite person. Like, the person who was going to bring them up from all of the torment that they had experienced in their life. And Thomas, I'm guessing, was probably heartbroken and terrified, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. terrified, because, like, the sun literally went dark for three days, mm-hmm. all this stuff, and Thomas is just skeptical. He's like, I'm not going to just believe you guys, because, like, I need to see the miracle. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to see it. And so about a week later, um, they're all sitting together, and Thomas is still with them. He's not like, I'm not going to believe you guys, so I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. And the disciples similarly are like just because you don't agree with us and just because you don't believe that we said what we said Mm -hmm. and that what we said is true that you're not going to be with us like Mm -hmm. the disciples are literally still like come eat with us come be with us Mm -hmm. um and jesus comes and the very first thing that he says in john is peace be with you and then he looks at thomas and he says put your finger here see my hands reach out your hand and put it into my side stop doubting and believe And um, I just love this story because the first thing Jesus does, again, just like he did for Peter when he just immediately saves him, is he tells Thomas, like, I know your doubts. I see your doubts. I see your questions. I see where you are. So I'm going to come to you so that you can meet me where I am Mm -hmm. and so that you can come to where I am. And he says, put your fingers in, put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand, and put it into my side. He literally invites Thomas deeper into the body of Christ so that Thomas's doubts can be taken away and so mm-hmm. his questions can be answered. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget about that a lot, and we don't see the full picture mm-hmm. of what this is. And later he does say, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And, like... All the other disciples, too, were like, we see the Christ, but we don't believe. Mm -hmm. And then Thomas sees Christ, and he does believe. (laughs) So, I mean, like, who's really the doubting disciple here? (laughs) You know? (laughs) But, like, I think we need to reflect what Jesus did and, like, Mm -hmm. just answer questions and Mm -hmm. help relieve doubts and help people walk through the doubts that they have before ever, like, just simply straight up rebuking them. Because if you rebuke someone and you say that they're wrong, you say you, that they have a tiny amount of faith, they just need to have more, and they say they're wrong and they shouldn't have doubts, then immediately they're just going to turn away and be like, whatever. Yeah. If you don't care enough about me and about, like, my relationship with Christ, which obviously if someone has, like, a big doubt and they really need some help, obviously they're struggling. And the first mm-hmm. thing as believers that we need to do is help. And it says it very plainly in Jude... Uh, 22 through 23 be merciful to those who doubt save others by snatching them from the fire to others show mercy mixed with fear like 
we aren't just supposed to just let them burn in their doubt and let them sit Mm -hmm. and like suffer the first thing we're supposed to do is be merciful and be understanding and treat them with this kind of understanding and honesty that like every single christian every single person who has faith in christ Mm -hmm. will experience doubt because we are humans we have a sinful nature Mm -hmm. we will forever find fault in ourselves and find fault in everything that goes on because that's just kind of who we are Mm -hmm. and if we understand that each person is like that and we understand that each person is going to struggle with something like doubt then i think christianity will be a lot like stronger Mm -hmm. and people's faith will be a lot stronger Mm -hmm. because if you're comfortable going up to like your pastor or to your parent or to a teacher or like a youth leader and you're like i have been doubting and i have a doubt right now and i just really need help with it Mm -hmm. and that person helps and that person sees this kid or this older person or this 20 year old 50 year old whatever and they say okay let's go through it where are you doubting how can i help you what do you need everything like that if you do that like there's literally no possible way that that person will be like will turn away from the faith unless they get an answer that they don't like yeah but if you just automatically turn somebody away before you ever even let them answer or you ever even let them ask their question or reveal their (laughs) doubt like they're just gonna leave faith yeah they're just gonna leave because if someone's not willing to answer their question or willing to help them through their doubt they're gonna be like well everyone's like this in christianity because today christianity is seen as a religion for hypocrites Mm -hmm. so pretty much yeah the running theme that we want to share um that we found in kind of all the stories we're going to talk about but can i even form a sentence my god is that um (laughs) whenever like when jesus was alive um whenever one of his disciples or anyone went up to him with a doubt he didn't dismiss them and he didn't like scold them he was like let me show you more like let me tell you either more about myself or let me physically show you and he invited that to bring those people closer to him so we just want to highlight that (laughs) and (laughs) um and the fact that that's so important Um, we're learning okay well i feel like we should talk about moses we don't have to start off with moses no, yeah, let's talk about you know Moses because I mean? he's like in the beginning. Where are you, Moses? Sorry for my singing. Wow, that was something else. <laughs> Maybe we should upload something else to Spotify instead of a podcast. Do you want to <laughs> do an album? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I Gabriella Hines. I'm so sorry to everyone who produced the Grinch movie. <laughs> Cindy Lou, who I Cindy am Lou. writing you an apology. I'm this making a YouTube apology, apology video. Okay, 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 okay. The fact, let's just talk about this for a second. Let's chat about this, okay? <laughs> the girl who plays Cindy Lou Who in Jim Carrey's The Grinch is the same girl who plays Jenny Humphrey in Gossip Girl. Like, straight up, did anyone know that? Kristen doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> just crickets. Just crickets over just here. Because Kristen didn't watch Gossip Girl. I didn't. I tried. But, um, I really, I did not like it. Okay, but let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> Jenny Humphrey, <laughs> the worst character in history of characters, is the same girl who plays Cindy Lou Who. 
The best character in history of characters. The best character, some would argue. <laughs> Such an iconomy. Some would argue, like, the Jesus character in The Grinch. Who's the Jesus about character in The Grinch? Cindy Lou Who. Oh, why is she the Jesus character in The Grinch? Because she's the one who's, like, going up. Like, she's, like, that. <laughs> We're gonna have to do so much more editing now. <laughs> Louie's literally sitting here like, I can't get comfortable. You guys suck. Okay, I apologize to anyone who's like a film theory person. A personal apology to Splatter, me saying Cindy Lou Who is the Jesus character. No, she's but, like, probably sitting there like, oh. Okay, but maybe. just like listen to this for a second. Like, Cindy Lou Who was like the one who came in and was like, I won't stand for this separation. Like, she saw the Grinch. And she saw the Grinch was having no Christmas spirit, and she went there first. She went to the Grinch first and sought him out and was like, I need you to have the Christmas spirit. And everyone else had the Christmas spirit, but, like, they were all fake about it, and they were, like, like kind of, like, making the Grinch an outcast. That's why he went to live up on the mountain. Oh my- <laughs> Does this make any sense? No, yes, because... <laughs> yes, because... You know who Jesus went to first? The outcast. He went to the tax collectors and the, the prostitutes. And the lepers who, like, lived outside of town. He was like, you guys, like... Yeah. I know that with you, I will actually be able to convince everyone else of what yeah. everything is actually about. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of on board with Cindy Lou Who being the Jesus Thank character. You. Thank you. I also am someone who, like, is very strong about the concept of, like, a Jesus character shows up in every single film and yes, TV show. Yes, same. Um... If you ever want to, like, delve into something like that, you can read the book God in the Movies. Ooh. Super interesting. Literally, it's got, like, Lars and the Real Girl, which... <laughs> love that movie. If you haven't seen that movie... Amazing. It's about Ryan Gosling. It's about Ryan Gosling. Falls in love with a sex doll. Falls in love with a sex doll. <laughs> and if your first reaction to that is, why in the world would you ever watch that movie, check yourself. And then go watch um, the movie. If you heard that Ryan Gosling is in it and you're questioning why you should watch that movie, oh my like, gosh. oh my god, we need to have another conversation. No, but um, <laughs> the movie Lars and the Real Girl was like a huge discussion point in one of my classes. Really? Um, for youth ministry, yeah. Wow. So um, I was the only person other than my professor who'd seen it. And my professor brought it up in class one day and uh, stated the premise of the movie. And everyone was like, what the heck? Like, why does this professor of youth ministry, like, love this movie? And why does this random girl in my class love this movie? And then we watched it in class. (laughs) Falling in love with a sex doll. No, yeah, everyone was, like, so, like, weirded out by it. But then, like, we watched it in class and we had to talk about it. And everyone loved the movie afterwards because it's, like, such just, like, this, like, weird concept. But this community just, like, falls in love with Ryan Gosling's character and falls in love with the literal, like, sex doll. And when I sit back and think about the fact that in film class... Me and Carson both took film class. No, I never no, took it. No, you never took it. Okay, never mind. I, I took wish film I class. Did. That's one of my regrets. At a private Christian school. And in film, we watched Lars and the Real Girl, where Ryan Gosling falls in love with a sex doll. But, like, that's one of the. Christian University. School. This high school. Sorry, it high school. It wasn't high university. Um, this Lordy. is what we would watch at 8 a.m. in the morning. Well, is Ryan Gosling falling in love with a sex that's one thing that I, like, loved about, um, that teacher was, like, she yeah. was, like, 
No, like, literally, like, Christianity is every single aspect yeah, of life. Yeah, 100%. And, like, she, so she was an English teacher, and we watched, or we would, like, read books, and she would literally be like, no, like, you're at a Christian school, but, like, understand that there's still Christ here, even if it's a secular piece of work. Mm-hmm. And I remember our Bible teacher and our C.S. Lewis professor, er, professor, teacher, uh, me and Gabby both took a class on C.S. Lewis. She actually took it twice for my <laughs> sake. Wise. So because, kind. Um, She's a great hi. friend. And I was like, I need a friend in this class. Also, C.S. Lewis is that man. He's... He's really it. I I would forever, <laughs> like, sit and think, like, C.S. Lewis is probably one of the people that, like... I wish I could meet him. Yeah. Well, he's... Yeah, it will happen. But... I can't wait to meet you, C.S. <laughs> Yes. Mr. Lewis. Mr. Lewis. <laughs> but um, our Bible teacher had a whole bunch of like C.S. Lewis quotes like painted on his wall, mm-hmm. and I can't remember if this is a specific quote from C.S. Lewis. But um, <laughs> hi, uneducated part five hundred. Uneducated part. I think this is a C.S. Lewis quote. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I only think this is a C.S. Lewis quote because of how absolutely in love with C.S. Lewis our Bible teacher was. Mm-hmm. Because like rightly so, C.S. Lewis is the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that if Jesus is real, then nothing is secular, and I truthfully one hundred percent believe yeah. that mm-hmm. because if God is real, because God created everything. God created. So if God created everything, then nothing can be not Apart his creation. Yeah. Yeah, that's a way better way of explaining it. <laughs> nothing can be not his creation. Got it? Good. <laughs> I don't oh, even yeah. know what we were talking about. Oh, we're talking about Moses. Oh my god, then I got so distracted. <laughs> okay, back to Moses. Back to Anyways. Big M. <laughs> Big M. Okay, guys, Moses is that character. Like, oh my god. Okay, but, like, literally, I remember reading about Moses and learning about Moses in, like, Sunday school and in high school, Mm -hmm. and Moses was always, like, portrayed to be just, like, this great big leader, and Mm -hmm. only, like, and the thing about the burning bush, it was never about, like, how Moses' humanity was, like, such a huge aspect Mm -hmm. of his, like, life and him before, during, and after, like, the, um the freeing of God's people from Egypt and like it was always only about like the glory of God which I believe everything should be about the glory of God but if you you have to focus on yeah the humanity because that's the part that makes it relatable and makes it powerful exactly that's the part that like that's the whole reason why we still read the bible is because we see ourselves in it and like I am someone who when I first felt called to like youth ministry and to being a pastor I was like absolutely not I am the last person that you want to be teaching yeah. high schoolers about God. Because at that point in my life, I was, like, kind of iffy about if God was even real. Mm-hmm. Because I had zero trajectory for my life. Yeah. And then I, like, like, last night me and Gabby were talking about everything. And we were, like, talking about Moses. And instantly my mind was like, oh, my gosh. Like, each of us is Moses at some point in our lives. Yeah. Where we're like, I can't do this. Like, I have a stutter. Or, like, I have anxiety or I have this and that and God's like if I can literally light a bush on fire and have it not burn I can speak through you dude and that's all that yes and I'm like okay should we talk about that should we talk about the burning bush story because I think that's so compelling yes and honestly until we read it together last night and we're laughing (laughs) I didn't even realize how powerful the burning bush story was yeah. TBH. And I feel like that's with a lot of the Bible. Like, unless mm-hmm. you're talking about it with, like, another person and interacting with the Bible and with another human, like... Mm-hmm. Like, even, like... I don't know. Like, every single part of the Bible, if you're um, actively interacting with the Bible and actively interacting with another 
like person in Christ, you'll find so much more in the Bible than you ever would Mm -hmm. reading it on your own. Yes. So, the story is... Drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) Moses deserves a drum roll. Oh, he does. Side note, not to do the 500th side note before we start the story. Um, (laughs) If you haven't watched The Prince of Egypt... (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are you living? That's a genuine question. The Prince of Egypt is like a movie that's like sensational for not only christians who grew up christian but also like mm-hmm. people who profess to be like agnostic or atheist they're like oh yeah I remember also even if you like don't even <laughs> believe still watch the prince of egypt this because cinematic, it's a great movie this <laughs> the cinematic quality and cinematic importance of that movie stretches till today okay if you don't know what the prince of egypt is it's a cartoon movie I of think, moses story who's it by paramount dreamers I don't know. But I remember, like, watching a video about why The Prince of Egypt was amazing for a certain specific, like, production company. I just can't remember which. Well, it's a great movie. Um, 10 out of 10. Anyways. The music (laughs) in that movie? Okay, sorry. Moving on. Anyways, 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 anyways. Talking about Moses. (laughs) Okay. This is gonna be fun to edit. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. A new pharaoh... Okay, correct me if I'm not telling this story right, literally at all. But a new pharaoh comes into power and heard about Moses and all the stuff Moses was mulling around in. And he was trying to kill Moses. So, Moses and the Israelites fled because... Let's see. I'm reading from Exodus... Just for reference, so no one thinks I'm, like, making this up. Exodus 2. <laughs> Hi, I made up the entire Moses story. <laughs> I know, I was just thinking, like, I really don't think anyone's going to be, like, crediting you with the, with the founding of the story of, like, Moses, which is what literally every single person who follows the Jewish faith, like... You know what? Let's continue. It's on, okay. I'm following skeptically. Exodus 2. <laughs> If you don't believe me that the Moses story is a real thing, look at Exodus. <laughs> what is this? Okay, I'm trying to read through my tears. Okay, um, okay, blah, 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 blah. Exodus two twenty three. Many years later, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Their cries for relief from their hard labor ascended to God. And then it says, God listened to their groanings, blah, blah, blah. God understood. So pretty much, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Reading the Bible, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this part doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> to fast forward <laughs> through <laughs> words that have lasted centuries. sorry to whoever wrote exodus who i have no idea because i'm a bad christian no kidding kidding no actually no one really knows oh. people say that it was moses but actually if you read the moses documentary is writing about himself if you read the documentary hypothesis you find that everything's actually brought down through oral tradition and then written down at some point in history and nobody really knows you heard it here first the most story could be completely fake <laughs> i'm not saying it's completely fake i'm just saying that it could possibly be different than how it actually yeah. happened okay yes yes okay hi dad he was waving for the window. Okay, anyways. Waving, so, waving. 
Moses and the Israelites are out in the desert, and they're like, and then Moses is like super doubting, and he's like, oh my god, is God even real? You know what I mean? We all, everybody has those days. <laughs> not I'm not even going to continue that song. <laughs> um, and then, it says, we're in Exodus 3 now, it says, the angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked. The bush was blazing away, but it didn't burn up. Moses said, what is going on here? Because <laughs> that's what I would say if I saw burning bush, not burning. I'd be like, I would just stare at it and be like, excuse me? Um, it's a glitch in the matrix. Okay. Um, he says, this is amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up? And then God calls out from the bush and he's like, yo, Moses. And then Moses is like, yeah. <laughs> you should be Do you love my retelling of the Bible? I think this is how like so many mainstream youth pastors like do it. Like I think you should. Like, yo, 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 what's up? Like trying to be cool and God is like, like in no the one. Bush, like, yo, 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 Moses. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> it's time to go to bed and it's three in the afternoon. I mean Louis's already sleeping, so okay. well actually he's staring at me wanting me to pet him, but Okay. Anyways, so God is talking to Moses through the burning bush. Most of us know that story. Um, and he, oh my God, he's telling them how he can lead the Israelites, blah, 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 how he's going to make a good leader. <laughs> and then God says, I'll be with you. Most of us know the story. So then Moses says to God, Suppose I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your fathers sent me to you. And they ask me, what's his name? What do I tell them? How do I like show them it's you? And then God says to Moses, <laughs> in all caps, <laughs> I am who I am. Tell the people of Israel, I am sent me to you. Me and Carson were talking about this last night when we, prepare, when we were preparing. <laughs> we were laughing so hard. Because God is such a savage. Like, literally, Moses is like, but God, like, what do I tell the people when I go back? Like, how do I prove that, like, you're the one who sent me? And then he's like, Moses, just tell them I am. Just tell them I am sent you. Moses is like, okay. Yeah. Which is like, that. It's so powerful. That is so powerful. And also, um... Like, a different kind of explanation of or interpretation is, like, Jewish people... <laughs> Carson's, like, a different explanation. No, no, no. Okay, not. for multiple people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I definitely think that there's a lot of importance and a lot of, like, um, things that you can find for, like, your own personal faith and for your own personal love and belief in God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the explanation that both Gabby and I absolutely love, which is, like, God is, like, no, I just am. Mm-hmm. Like, you, there's no, ex- like, there's no need for anything else. I yeah. am. And also, Jewish people found such, like, holiness and such reverence in the name of God that they never actually used the specific name of God. Mm. They used um, Yahweh, Elohim, stuff like that. And so... Kind um, of like, he who must not be named. Yahweh, not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> God, I swear I'm not comparing you to Voldemort. Okay, but, like, in the same sense, like, yeah. if you say the name, there's power with that name. So yeah. it's kind of similar... It's similar to, like, opposite. The, yeah. So, who's Harry Potter? Is it you or me? <laughs> well, I mean, I wear glasses, so. But, like, was Harry Potter Jesus? 
Can we not take it into this? Keep going. I mean, within a sense. Okay, never mind. We'll have a whole entire episode based on how I absolutely adore finding every single Jesus character in every single book because it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, anyways. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, so there's multiple explanations for that, but like. I just absolutely adore how, like, it's like God doesn't even need explanation. Yeah. Like, he just is God. He's just like, I am who I am. And yeah. That's it. You don't need to know more. Yeah. Um, okay. So, continuing on. Um, Moses is like, but they, okay, we're in Exodus chapter 4 now. Moses, kind of like, it says Moses objected to God. He said, they won't trust me. They won't listen to a word I say. They're going to say God appeared to him hardly. Then so God said, what's in your hand? <laughs> Moses says, a staff. Gabby loves this part. I love this part. Oh my God. And Moses says, a staff. God says, throw it on the ground. He threw it. It became a snake. Moses jumped back and fast. God said to Moses, reach out and grab it by the tail. He reached out and he was holding his staff again. <laughs> that is just so funny to me because Moses is like, God, like they won't believe it's me. Like. Well, he kind of is whining. He's like, they won't believe it's me, or you won't. They won't believe you sent me. Blah blah blah. And then God is like, "What's in your hand? Oh, a staff. Throw it on the ground. Bam! It's a snake." Yeah, like God's like, this is literally not about like your ability. It's not like, about you. It's not about <laughs> like. Flash, it's about me. <laughs> yeah, and if anything, God's like, you can't do much without me. Yeah, like you're just holding a staff, but like. I'm the one that will guide this. I am the one that will do this. And I am the one that has the power. Yeah. Like, you are the vessel that I'm using right now. Exactly. And it's not that Moses isn't important. It's just that, like, it's not about our power. And it's not about our ability to do anything. It's all about how God works through us. And just simply us being like, okay, let's do it. And also, I love how God was like, or how Moses is just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And God wasn't like, okay, fine. I'll choose another person. Mm -hmm. Whiny. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> whiny little moses you whiny little moses you whiny little person human being like no god was like no i'm gonna use you and i'm gonna be patient in mm-hmm. how long it takes to convince you even though like exactly necess- not necessarily people like shouldn't need convincing but like we're human like we're fallible and like we're not po- like there's a huge possibility of us not being able to believe mm-hmm. But God still is patient with him, and he's like, okay, I'll show you. Exactly. Like, throw your staff on the ground. Boom. Made it a snake. Yeah. Pick it up again. Boom. Now it's your staff again. Like, I have this power. I need you to trust and believe that I have this power. And the best part is that even after his whole staff snake situation, <laughs> um, God is like, okay, after that, God is like, okay, well, if they don't believe you because of that, it says, let's see, verse... Six, God says, put your hand inside your shirt. He slipped his hand under his shirt and then took it off. His hand turned leprous like snow. He said, put your hand back under your shirt. He did it. And then as soon as he took it back out, it was healthy as before. And then in verse eight, God says, so if they don't trust you and aren't convinced by the first sign, then the second sign should do it, (laughs) which is great. He's just like, I'm giving you more. Mm -hmm. And then he says... (laughs) But even if it doesn't, even after these two signs, they still don't trust you and listen to your message. Then just take some water out of the Nile, pour it onto the dry land, and the water that you pour out from the Nile will turn into blood as soon as it hits the ground. Which is crazy because God is like, Moses, first I turned your staff into a snake. But even Mm -hmm. if they don't believe that, 
then I'll show how I turned your hand into like leprosy. I turned your hand into leprosy. Into leprosy incarnate. <laughs> and then I healed it. And then even if they don't believe those two signs, then just take a cup of water out of the Nile and it will turn into blood and show them that. Uh-huh. Like God was literally like, I see your doubt. I see where you are like failing to believe that this is me. <laughs> And I see how that can also appear in, like, other people. Mm -hmm. So not only am I giving you reasons to believe me and reasons to see that it's me that's actually talking to you and me that can actually work through you, but I'm also, like, equipping you for when people have these same questions you're giving me, they'll ask you. So I'm, like, equipping you and giving you the ability to answer these Mm -hmm. and showing that, like, it's me. Like, I am. Exactly. And I am with you. And... Even after all of that, verse 10, Moses, it says Moses still raised another objection to God. And this is crazy because God is literally in a burning bush right in front of him. Mm -hmm. And he's standing there questioning him and questioning him. And God is just answering his questions. Um, But Moses says, Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words. Neither before nor, nor after you spoke to me, I stutter and stammer. So pretty much Moses is like, I can't be a leader to these people. Um, I can't speak in front of all of them because I have this stutter and I won't speak well. Um, and then God says in verse 11, and who do you think made this human mouth? Who, and who makes some mute, some deaf, some sighted, some blind? Isn't it I, God? So get going. I'll be right there with you, with your mouth. I'll be right there to teach you what to say. Moment of silence. Because that is so powerful. Moses is pretty much complaining to God, like, I can't leave these people because I have a stutter. And God's like, but I made you with this stutter. And mm-hmm. that, and I'll be there with you. So he's like, I'm not just going to choose. <laughs> We're not farting. That's, yeah, if you hear anything. The he's like, okay. God is like, I'm not just going to choose another person because you have a stutter because I made you yeah. with a stutter. So Like, you I'll might think you. that you're things that you find as fault in yourself like I gave those to you as a strength Mm -hmm. like to show you that you might have this and you might feel inadequate you might feel like you can't do it guess what I can and I can do it through you even with all these things that you think are wrong with you there's nothing like that I can't work with and that I can't work for exactly so let's get moving yeah. Because I want to be with get you. moving. Let's get to leading these Let's Israelites. Let's get rolling. Okay. So. Which is, like, why I absolutely love, like, the story of Moses. Because, like, too. what does Moses become after this and after all of his inadequacy, all of his doubt, all of his questions? He becomes the leader of the exodus from Egypt. Mm-hmm. He becomes, like, the writer of the laws of Judaism, mm-hmm. which is still a religion practice today. Mm-hmm. Like, he found himself to be so inadequate and so faulted and so, like, wrong and incorrect. And yet Christ still was like, no, I'm, I'm going to use you. Like, mm-hmm. you are not where this ends. Mm-hmm. I am where this begins and where this ends. Exactly. And you just play into that. And you just follow into that. And I think there's so much beauty in it. Because reflecting on, like, Moses, like, we are so similar I never thought that I was going to become someone who was passionate about youth ministry and who Mm -hmm. actually actively wants to be a youth pastor. And yet here I am because I realized I'm literally nothing and I will not be able Mm -hmm. to become a youth pastor 
if I don't realize that God is the one that's directing everything. Exactly. And exactly. Okay. So, should we wrap up talking about questions? Yes. I feel like we've talked about questions for a while. Yeah. Because um, that so story of Moses took forever for me to get did. home. So. Um, but the last thing that I kind of want to touch on in college, when I was in one of my youth pastor, youth pastor, youth ministry classes, we read a book called How We Read the Bible, um, uh, Eight Ways to Engage the Bible with Our Students. So it's from a youth pastor who is talking basically to other youth pastors. Shout out um, to that book. Shout out to this book. Literally, if you want a book on someone's honest struggle with like loving the Bible and questioning his own faith and questioning his own Christianity and attempting to like figure out how to live as a pastor and as a Christian, um, read this book, buy this book. It's available on Amazon. Um, I have it on Kindle. Like, I literally adore this book. It's Carson just read so me, like, greatness. one passage from this book last night, and I literally was floored. I was like, oh, my god!" I know, because, like, this book is, like, basically <laughs> everything that we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And so... 100%. Um, read us a passage. Read us a passage. So... Um, this, I don't exactly know what page this is on because I have it on Kindle, but it's like location 1,572, if that makes any sense, (laughs) but it is, uh, called Jesus is the question. So I'm just going to read from here. The method my rabbi professor modeled. Also, this author, um, took a few classes in Israel from rabbis, which is really cool and something that's like literally a dream. Yeah. Um, so this method my rabbi professor modeled and taught didn't just unlock something new about the Bible. It unlocked for me a new experience of who Jesus was and is. As I began, as I began rereading the teachings of Jesus, I started imagining him as someone like my instructor, kind, patient, passionate, slightly irreverent. Oops. I actually am supposed to begin here. Okay. Anyways, moving backwards. This This is 1,557. (laughs) questions and answers my experience with young people has taught me that they're filled with more questions than we could possibly imagine young people often find themselves feeling like the rabbi when they hear us talk about god in the bible and might even want to scream back at us that's it those are all the questions you have you're so lucky i have so many questions according to research conducted by the fuller youth institute about seven of every 10 high school students admit to struggling with doubts but only one or two of these 10 are likely to have had helpful conversations about those doubts with young leaders or friends during high school. This means that for one reason or another, we are not cultivating the types of environments and relationships that are conducive to young people expressing their questions and doubts. I am speaking Mm -hmm. directly to people who are leaders, who are pastors, who are prayer group leaders, youth group leaders, Bible study leaders, everything. Mm-hmm. If you are not actively, like, bringing about people to feel comfortable and creating, like, a space for people to feel comfortable to share and talk about their faith and their questions and their doubts, then you are doing every single person that you are leading and that you are pastoring a disservice. Mm-hmm. So, um, the rest of this is, like, about how Jesus is a, like is reflecting this and creating this idea of spiritual practice of asking questions. Mm-hmm. So um, 
It says, asking questions is a spiritual practice that youth workers need to reclaim. It needs to be both modeled and taught to our young people. And after studying in Israel, I realized that I didn't have to travel across the world to learn this way of weeding this way of reading the Bible. It was actually already evident inside the Bible itself and specifically in the life and teachings of Jesus. Yeah, I know. So basically what um, the rest of this is about is the author went and studied in Israel under a rabbi and the rabbi was amazing at having people ask questions that simply created more questions to come about so that people could actually like get those answers, Mm -hmm. those questions answered and find the motives of why you're asking that question, find where you're coming from, find where you're trying to go, everything. Where did you come from? Where Where did did you go? go? (laughs) But like literally all Jesus ever did was ask people questions and answer questions and everything. And like it, this book, how we read the Bible also says in one of the largest portions of Jesus's recorded teachings we have available What is known as the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 to 7, Jesus peppered his discourses with questions. Things like, if if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Uh, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Asking hard questions, making people, like, think about their lives. And he doesn't just do things for, like, rhetorical reason, like, to just make people, like think to themselves and like keep everything inside he literally uses it as like a specific invitation to go further and dig deeper and ask more questions and like this says some of his most memorable teachings began with someone else's questions like what um like what jesus's big huge stories come from are because of what other people ask so like the good samaritan in luke 10 came from someone asking, oh, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Mm -hmm. Like, who am I supposed to help? And we wouldn't have um, the teaching of wealth and the kingdom of God in Luke 18 if the young rich ruler hadn't asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We wouldn't have anything without questions. We really wouldn't have, like, basically the entire ministry of Jesus is if people didn't ask him hard questions. Mm -hmm. And if the people who, like... Yes, we say that all of the Pharisees and Sadducees and all of the Jews who oppose Jesus, we say all of them are incorrect and wrong and awful people. But Jesus used them, very specifically used them, to create his ministry mm-hmm. and to like set the bounds of his ministry, set explanations for his ministry. He didn't look at them and say, like, you're not even going to believe anyways, so why are you even asking this question? Or, like, you're just trying to make me stumble. I'm not even going to try and interact with you. Jesus was like, no, like, okay, you're asking me a question. I'll either ask you back a question that'll answer your question and make you think, or I'll give you an explanation because that's what you're due. Like, that's what I'm going to give you because I see worth in you and I see dignity in you. And I see good things that come from me answering this question. And it's like, if we as people of Christ really truthfully want to model what Jesus did, we not only have to like walk what jesus walked but we do have to talk how jesus talked Mm -hmm. and jesus talked by using questions by answering questions by creating discourses by starting discussions by sparking that flame of curiosity in people and keeping it going Mm -hmm. because like i was talking with gabby the other day and i was also talking to my older sister the other day and i was like if you don't ask questions about your faith 
it's basically like a dating relationship where you don't ask any questions about your partner. <laughs> so like you go on a date and you sit with someone and everyone else has told you how wonderful this person is mm-hmm. and everyone's told you how awesome they are and all you do on the date is talk about what other people have talked about and just that. Mm-hmm. Nothing of like what you're actually curious about, nothing. And you just have this very, very, very bland relationship for forever. Mm-hmm. Or you hear all these amazing things from all the people you know who know this person and you go on a date with them and all you do the entire date is ask each other questions about yourself. Mm -hmm. You talk about things that are hard to talk about. You learn about them. You like learn all of the, their specific in like, um, like characteristics Mm -hmm. and everything. You know them on a personal level, not a level where all you know about them is what other people say. Exactly. And like, discussing with them asking questions asking the hard questions that like yeah you might feel awkward asking like relationships are all about getting to know each other all about asking questions yeah all about like learning more Mm -hmm. and if you have questions and if anyone has ever said like you have too many questions about this stuff they're the ones in the fault because you wanting to learn more is just simply you wanting to interact with your faith and you wanting to go deeper exactly kind of just Bouncing off of that, um, wrapping up the episode in general, um, mm-hmm. typically in this segment, I guess we can t- call it, um, in the future we might have listener questions and like mm-hmm. kind of answer those. Um, right now we, right now we don't have any listeners. <laughs> I mean like, we love <laughs> listeners, so if you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends. So yes, if you enjoy... And if you have questions, feel free to DM either me or Carson on Instagram. Um, we will be making an Instagram for this podcast, but yes. apparently we suck and we don't have an Instagram. So yet. for right now, we'll leave our yeah. personal Instagram um, ats in the uh, podcast description. Yes. So you can find exactly. it there. But yeah, exactly. So that's why we made this podcast. We just want to have these conversations with each other. And with potential future listeners. (laughs) Please listen. Please listen. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah. yeah. Um, So if you liked this um, and you're listening on Anchor, which is where we're originally posting this. Shout out to Matt King. If anyone knows who Matt King is, he's fabulous. He's the one that gave Gabby the idea. (laughs) He personally, kidding, not personally, um, (laughs) wish. I wish I knew Matt King. No, I was listening to Matt King's podcast called Hoot and a Half, shout out. Um, but he, like, he's sponsored by Anchor. And so, literally on the same day that me and Carson kind of thought about having this podcast, I heard the, um, the ad for Anchor and it's, it's been pretty great. So, yeah. Anyways. So yeah. Follow us, I guess. Hit I don't know, subscribe. Yeah. Favorite? Whatever. Subscribe it is. to our podcast. Leave us a five stars and a review. <laughs> yeah, but be nice. We're like starting. Um and we don't yeah. Like neither of us have like actual like degrees in this yeah. stuff we said that. but like we're just having a conversation and we hope you like to have conversation too yeah and we're completely and totally opening open to anybody who's like no you're wrong because mm-hmm. like if we are speaking incorrectly like we do want to be like yeah. corrected but as far as we can understand the bulk of what we're saying is just like to be commu- like to be a community for each other and like to reflect what jesus did so mm-hmm. but yeah yeah
So we look forward to chatting in the next episode. Yeah, because it is always time to chat. Always time to chat. Especially about questions that you might have. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you, a listener, has any idea for any thing that you want to hear about, hear us mm-hmm. talk and randomly laugh and probably get super sidetracked about, mm-hmm. um, please DM us a question or DM us a really big thing that like maybe you went through in your life and it took you a really long time to realize something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, let us would know. Love to talk about it. Yes, because I think we only have like four ideas for other episodes. <laughs> so Don't give away our secrets. <laughs> But yeah, so if you listened to this point in the episode, thank you so very much. Oh my god, if um, anyone's listening, crickets. <laughs> literally crickets. Like, no, yeah. Crickets. At least Jesus is listening and it's all that matters. Yeah. I'm your okay. biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. And that's where we end. And that's where we end. It is still time to chat. Um, yeah. If you're listening later, like weeks later, go listen to our other episodes yeah we have hopefully hopefully, hopefully we'll... we make it to three episodes hopefully we'll <laughs> crossing our fingers okay but, well um, yeah bye everyone bye <laughs> thank you for listening have a great rest of your day um that's it peace be with you we'll get better at outros i promise we'll get way better at outros oh my gosh we'll get better at everything yeah because it's only up from here right hopefully hopefully okay <laughs> have a great rest of your day thanks for listening bye <laughs> Okay, if anyone's still listening, which no one is, (laughs) but if you are, we made an Instagram. Um, It's at time to chat pod. That is T-I-M-E-T-O-C-H-A-T-P-O-D. Go give it a follow. Bye.